The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning, my name is Rob Danielson. Welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 45 of 2022 and show number 1,150 if you're keeping track that way. Well, this week, we kick off November with a look at the music of the TV series Murdoch Mysteries. Now, Murdoch Mysteries is a Canadian television series that first premiered on City TV back in January of 2009 and currently airs on the CBC. Now, the series is based on characters from the Detective Murdoch novels by Maureen Jennings and stars Yannick Bisson as the fi- fictional William Murdoch, a police detective working in Toronto in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Now, the series is shot locally, as some of it is actually shot in Cambridge and some surrounding areas, and I believe they have actually been to Kitchener once or twice. So, November 11th, the KW Symphony will be doing a special live-to-show music accompaniment, which is the main reason for doing this show. Now, that and after more than 15 seasons, I thought it was about time to feature some music on the show. Now, I had the great opportunity to chat with series composer Robert Carley. Now, more on that in a bit. However, to set the stage, I thought it would be most appropriate to hear some music from Volume 1 of the soundtrack from Murdoch Mysteries, and we'll be back in just a little bit.
with a little bit of music from the television series Murdoch Mystery, something that I, I, have, I have neglected over the years, and uh, I'm sorry that I have. In any case, the Kitchener Waterloo Symphony will be performing Robert Carley's score to Murdoch Mysteries in sync to the episode Murdoch Ahoy. Hosted, in this case, by Murdoch himself, Detective William Murdoch, uh, and played by Yannick Besson. November 11th, at the Center in the Square, four tickets. Visit kwsymphony.ca. Well, welcome back to Visions and Sound, as this week we are looking at the music of Murdoch Mysteries. Now, Murdoch Mysteries is produced and developed by Shaftesbury Films in association with City TV and a whole bunch of other Canadian companies and that sort of thing to kind of bring it all together. And of course it features the wonderful music of Robert Carley. Now, prior to being picked up as a weekly series, the three television movies, uh, expect the dying poor Tom is cold and under the dragon's tail aired on Bravo in Canada in 2004. Now in this case, these films starred Peter Outerbridge as William Murdoch, William McFadden as George Crabtree, uh, Keila Hawes as Julie Ogden and Cole Meany as Inspector Brackenreed. Now, seasons one and two were filmed in Toronto Film Studios fac- uh, facility on East, East a- Eastern Ave in Toronto. However, the facility was closed at the end of 2008, forcing the third season to be filmed elsewhere in Toronto. Now, as mentioned before, the series is shot locally as well, locally as in this in the area that I currently live in as Galt's main street bridge and its surrounding area have featured in exterior shots for Murdoch mysteries for much of the early seasons filming locations included the uh, Galt district of Cambridge sidewalks and driveways were covered in earth. And in season one, Dobby Mason Manson rather was used for about a week for indoor filming. Sorry, Dobie Manson. Parts of the opening episode for season three were filmed in Bristol, England. Now, the series Murdoch Mysteries has at times been known for using stunt casting of famous actors or non-actor personalities and guest roles. Now, noted examples include uh, Stephen Harper at the time, the Prime Minister of Canada, in a small role as uh, a police desk clerk, William Shatner portraying writer William uh, Mark Twain, a special Christmas episode included appearances by Ed Asner, Brendan Cole, Kelly Ronan, and television news anchor Peter Mansbridge. An episode also featured David Onley, the Lieutenant Governor of Ontario at the time of production, appearing as his own forerunner, Oliver Mowat. In 2017, comedian Colin Mockery appeared on Murdoch Mysteries as a hotel detective after joking on Twitter that he was the only Canadian actor who has never done a guest spot on the show. Hey, I haven't done a guest spot either. Why don't you bring me on? So, a few weeks ago, I had the wonderful opportunity, like a number of weeks ago, the the opportunity to interview composer Robert Carley. So here's that interview now, and I'll be back in just a bit. So this is uh, Robert Carley, and he's a composer that has done numerous work over the years, uh, numerous bits of work over the years, but... We're going to be talking to him today about Murdoch Mysteries. Well, but first of all, uh, Rob, first, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. And 
And uh, yeah, so let's start with uh, what is your musical background? I see a clarinet in the background. Here is a yep. Sometimes the clarinet comes out. Um, I uh, I do play the clarinet a bit, but I would say my main instrument is probably the saxophone. I suppose one could describe me as a woodwind player, playing all the saxophones and, and lots of clarinets, but and, and some flute. But really, it's it's mostly the saxophone. And I started playing saxophone uh, really a long time ago in Kitchener Waterloo uh, grade school, really like grade seven possibly. Okay. Um, and then um, I started, started actually on clarinet, but that's you know minor detail. And then played saxophone um, all the way through high school and enjoyed it. And also enjoyed um, playing the piano. I was always playing the piano at the same time and sort of writing um, uh, writing music now and then. But finding myself you know really challenged by the piano and finding, you know, with the saxophone, when you compare it to the piano, it was a little easier to read. There wasn't as, as much music to read, um, as you can appreciate. It's only you know one stave, and I found myself um, possibly a little more successful on the saxophone, and therefore was more encouraged possibly to play it. And then went off to university uh, to study composition and saxophone at the University of Toronto. And then, although all the while while doing that, while studying composition, I was still performing a lot and playing with different ensembles and bands. In different styles of music, uh, but always had my my sights set on film and television music uh, because I was always fascinated with those those things. When I finished university, I, I asked myself, well, how do you how does one pursue that? And I, you know, it's a longer story, but for everyone, it's different. And um, for me, it was um, continuing to perform and study orchestration, but then also working as an assistant uh, to a number of different film composers. Uh, and learning just all the tricks, well, some of the tricks anyway, <laughs> learning a little bit about the business uh, firsthand. And that, um, you know, was a few years and then until I started to write my own music for, for picture. Okay. So what is the, the first thing that you do when beginning to write a score, in, just in general? That's a really good question, Rob. I mean, it always starts for me with the story and trying to understand the vision of the director. So it's not even anything to do with music, really. And I think many people, you know, you know, perceive our job as, as composers to be really just an extension of being a musician. And I like to look at it a different way, and it's really an extension of being a filmmaker who happens to be a musician. Um, and I often tell young composers, they say, well, what should I do if I want to become a film composer? And I often say, well, you know, you can study music all you want, and you probably be very successful at you know learning more about music and writing music but if you want to write for picture you really have to to study film and love film and you know i remember early in my career i i had the opportunity to work with a number of, of young directors who really were music fans but didn't have obviously a vocabulary about music and they they taught me a lot about just how a director thinks and so i started to ask myself you know why is the camera moving in that direction and why did the director put the camera there? And what is the vision of the director? What, what is she or he trying to say in their film? And I think that's where I start with most projects I'm working on. It's obviously different on something like Murdoch Mysteries after 16 seasons. But, you know, those rules did apply at one time, way back at the beginning. And then once I've sort of under, trying to understand or decipher uh, what it is the artistic vision of the production team and the director um, are trying to say, then I'll move to thinking about musical vocabulary and trying to invent a sonic universe in which the film can live and the characters can live. And that's a big challenge often on a newer show 
um, because you don't you really with a blank palette you don't really know what what's going to happen next so that's my first step is to try to experiment and then I'm, I'm always writing melodies and trying to come up with themes so I'll spend a lot of time at the piano uh, trying to invent some motifs and some just you know the, the sound of a, of a tv show or a film is governed by a couple of things one melody and and the themes but it's also just sonically what is the orchestration what's the sound of the show is it you know something like let's just say for example stranger things you know there's a melody there but it's so much about part of the the the, the sonic the quality of the synths from this those those classic um analog synths is so much a part of the sound of that show that you can barely play a, an analog synth now without saying oh that sounds like stranger things it's almost like it's been reversed and so that's an example of where the sonic palette defines the show as much as the melodies do you know so now you you've mentioned uh, a couple of a couple of things um murdoch mysteries of course being being one of uh, one of your your major where 16 seasons yeah it's that's long. amazing yeah it is so it's... so how did you first become involved with murdoch mysteries well I um, there was actually before the series began way back when 16 years ago there was a series of movies that were made by Shaftesbury the company that produces the series and those films they were like I guess uh, you know whatever 90 minute uh, made for TV movies I think they were done for Bravo or A&E or one of those networks and they were they were fairly dark they didn't have the lightness that the series now has but they were really beautifully shot and i had i had uh, been asked to write the music for those i had a i had done a few films uh, at that point in my career for shaftesbury and i thought well I'll, I'll see what i can do with this murdoch mysteries idea and they were really like i said they were dark and i think i scored them for string quartet um not exclusively string quartet but that was largely the sound of the show and that they went on to make three of those of those movies and this would have been like I'll say 2002 to 2005. And then they said, well, we're going to make it into a series. And when I first, you know, had a meeting uh, with some of the producers, I was surprised to, to, to learn how much the series that they were imagining was going to deviate from what they had done with the films. It was going to be much lighter, different, different cast completely. Um, it wasn't so much about the turmoil and the, the inner angst that this, our protagonist William Murdoch was experiencing in the film sometimes it was more about um, just the, the you know focusing on the mysteries and the crime and the characters and it really is a character driven piece which is one of the reasons why I think it's it's been so successful uh, over all these years when when getting involved in a, in a show like Murdoch Mysteries do you have a sound palette idea going in um, for instrument choice and that sort of thing? Or are you allowed to, given the TV environment, are you allowed to do a little bit of experimentation going in? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's a good question because sometimes our, you know, the time constraints are fairly tight on, on television. You don't have a lot of time necessarily to experiment too much. And there there is obviously a lot, of, a lot more players and um, stakeholders, you might say, in television and film and that rather than film because in film you might be working with a director and a producer an independent film um there always is a studio but in television there's you know there's the produce the producing company there's the the director and the um the producers of the actual episodes but then there's the network as well and there's other interested parties and there's partners that are helping to finance it and so there can be 
a, a number of chefs on a television show. Um, but to, to answer your question, I mean, yeah, you, you really do get uh, a little bit of time to try to invent some kind of sonic place. And my natural inclination going into Murdoch Mysteries was to try to continue what we had done with the movies. But then it became quite apparent early on that that wasn't necessarily going to work because the show was quite different than what they had done with the films. And so I thought, well, let's try some other things. And I worked with a music supervisor who had given some music to the editors to temp with. And I had tried some things sort of in this, you know, at the time it wasn't even the word steampunk. It wasn't really, I mean, it was a word, I suppose, but I really wasn't familiar with what it referred to. And I was experimenting with just the idea of Victorian sounds. Um, and I took a lot of, you know, metallic kind of things, you know, industrial revolution kinds of places. And that really drove the sound of the score for a number of seasons. We sort of got away with that a little bit. The show actually became a little darker as it as some of the antagonists were introduced who were recurring and were quite dark. And I started to, to get back more into it, you know, some string writing and some, I guess the strings were, were never that far away from the center core of the sound, but I started to, to get back into some other sounds. Uh, and now the score is really a hybrid of all kinds of different, it's, you know, largely an, often an orchestral sounding score Sometimes there's more of a chamber music sound to it, but I still have those those metallic sounds that kind of drive it. And to be truthful, I mean, the theme of that show and a lot of the themes throughout really do have that kind of steampunk vibe, which, uh, you know, to me, it's kind of, there's a little bit of punk rock in it because everything <laughs> is so heavily um, emphasized on beats two and four, like the, there really is a backbeat kind of element right. to the music, which I, you know, having some experience in pop music, I found kind of fun to do. And it, it does help to drive the score a little bit. When you approach an episode, let's say, for example, are you doing it episode by episode or are you taking it uh, like, kind of, like, do you have themes that you play throughout the, uh, throughout the season or are you playing it episode by episode? Well, it's a bit of both. I mean, there are themes that I, that recur and there are character themes and there are elements of every score that have overlapped from previous scores. It's not like I'm inventing the wheel each time. Mm -hmm. But I do try to come up with a theme, like a melodic theme for and it's consistent with the sound of the show. I'm not trying to I'm not going to say, okay, this next episode we're gonna use the accordion exclusively or something. We're not right. We don't want to deviate too far from our sound palette, but I will attempt to create themes, melodic themes for various characters. And then I try to look at each episode as a kind of mini film. So to, if you want a specific example, I just finished um, an episode. It was the Halloween episode. So, oh, there you, go. Um, you know, Halloween, uh, by the time this airs, Halloween will have just passed. But, you know, it's coming up in our schedule. Yeah. And so I had a theme that was simply um, this very simple motif, which which isn't very complicated. But then, you know, I use that a lot. And you can use that either in a creepy kind of way, like... Or you can use it as a, you know, like a faster. Or you can reverse it, um, like, or 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 something like that. And so you use all of these tricks, I guess, of of the craft, where you're trying to develop your motifs and use material that's related to them, just to try to. Well, for, for one, it's a it's a it's a great point of departure for invention. So you. You know, you're like, I don't know what to do next. So here are these five notes and then you can restrict yourself. Sometimes, you know, in the creative process and that this doesn't just apply obviously to music, but almost any kind of creative, if you're writing or if you're a painter, 
we often are spoiled with choice. And those are the things that can cripple us, really, when we want to create something. Too, too many choices. It's like it almost becomes difficult. You know, now, especially now with technology, it's like we have so many sounds available to us that it's hard to commit. You know, you could sit and listen for, to, to literally thousands of snare drum sounds until you get the right sound. And if you were said, okay, here's the snare drum, here's the actual acoustic drum, <laughs> go record it. It's like, hmm, well, I mean, you can change obviously the timbre and, and the miking techniques, but you're you're pretty much married to one sound. And similarly, by I find myself at the piano a lot. It limits my um, the number of choices. And like the thing I just played for you, where there's only a few notes. If you if you are strict with those notes, it's almost uh, liberating in some way. Mm-hmm. Because you know you no longer have as many choices. It's like, I, well, I've got to use those notes. And sometimes we do an episode, and it's like these are the notes, and it works out really well. And sometimes it goes poorly because the notes I picked weren't very good. And and you're stuck with it. You know, you you don't have enough time to to change your mind. Right. Now, are are you using live players? Occasionally, yeah. There are some live players. Um, there are episodes where we use a larger ensemble, but obviously it's expensive and it's time consuming to do it that way. The episode we just completed, we recorded a string quintet. Well, it was a, it was a string quartet. It was without the second violin. I wanted the bass in there. So it was bass, cello, viola, violin. And that will take up probably 60 or 70% of the score is that live, those live instruments. But you know, the next episode, the subsequent one won't have that particular ensemble on it, and I'll use a lot of um, samples and synthetic instruments, but I'll marry them with maybe a solo violin, or you mentioned the clarinet, that appears a lot in the score. Occasionally the saxophone will come in the score. Piano and percussion are often live. You know, I play the piano and my son is a percussionist, and I'll I'll sometimes borrow him, or I'll just go into the (laughs) studio and I'll just, start banging on his drums and uh or his you know he's got tons of instruments there's a, a set of bongos right beside me right now and there's there's shakers all over the studio and i'll just pick them up and it's amazing how much life just a simple shaker can bring to a track even though it's just something you can easily emulate with a sampler mm-hmm. there's something about a microphone open in the air and the and the way it's recorded that gives another dimension to the score so now where are you recording these uh, uh these elements these days well, mostly in my home. If we're doing something like a string quartet, we have done it um, in my home. Last week, actually, we did a, an experiment as part of something called Song and Score Week, which was a week of events sponsored by SOCAN, which is the performing rights organization in Canada. Mm-hmm. has a number of organizations like the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Association. And each of those groups had a day at the Alma Combo. The Alma Combo was oh. a and there were different events as a part of this song and score week. And for the, the, the day that the Screen Composers Guild um, sponsored an event, they asked if I would do something with Murdoch. I said, well, let's record a score live. Because as you may know, the Elma Combo has been recently renovated. And it's a, it's a it, for your listeners, it's a, it's a legacy, uh, obviously, an old bar in Toronto, but it had been refurbished. And with state-of-the-art equipment, uh, mm-hmm. recording equipment, and so we thought, well, let's—you know—you guys are wired for sound. You can do live shows. Let's try to reverse it and do a recorded show, with picture, and, uh, and see if we can capture, you know, a score in this environment. And we opened it up to the audience. We had a, a small audience in attendance, and they could witness uh, the recording and how, what the process of capturing a score live to picture is actually like. So it was a bit, a bit exhilarating, a little nerve-wracking. 
<laughs> but it went off without a hitch. We had some really great professionals working, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, the reason why I, I, I sought you out, not just be, uh, not uh, not only the reason that your music for for Murdoch Mysteries is fantastic, but there is an, an event coming up in town here. Um, we're in. I'm in. I'm in Kitchener, Ontario, on the 11th of of uh, November. Your score is going to be played live to picture. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a big undertaking, and uh, we're very excited. Uh, November 11th, uh, with the Kitchener Waterloo Symphony, we will be performing. Um, it, it's really a whole night f of celebrating the Murdoch Mysteries. It's called Murdoch in Concert. Right. And in addition to an episode of the series, there'll also be appearances by the cast, and there'll be music from the show, and then some other vignettes and video. Um, and also just music from the era. And we'll be sort of celebrating Victorian Toronto. Right. Uh, but the this the center piece of this concert will be an episode that we did a number of years ago. Uh, so that was a good idea, I think, because we, we were doing something we had done before. And, you know, the, the challenge of doing, obviously, a new episode would be, well, we have to write the music and then we also have to stage it. Uh, so we're using an episode that was on the air uh, several seasons ago, but it's a really grand episode. And I thought it was suitable for a large orchestra. And when we recorded that that episode many years ago, we had used a lot of the uh, score was was um, a brass quintet. And there's such great, wonderful brass players in Kitchen Waterloo. And we're really excited to, to get to work with them and to hear them perform this score, uh, which, like you mentioned, it's it, it, there is a lot of technical hoops to jump through. It's you know, we, we the score was recorded for, for television and now we're going to render it for orchestra. You know, we've been going through that process over the last few months and we're, we're ready and we have a wonderful music director in Lucas Walden who will be conducting the score live to picture with the wonderful musicians of the Kitchener Royal Symphony. So it's obviously this has been done lots of times and I'm sure, you know, Robert, you've seen a few of these concerts at the Center in the Square or elsewhere. Roy Thompson Hall does a few films a year, but it's pretty rare. I don't even know if it's if it's happened before that a Canadian television show gets this kind of uh, treatment with a live orchestra. So it's, you know, it's quite a privilege and honor to be a part of this. And I'm really excited. It's uh, going to sound great. Um, we have a ton of music to get through in a short period of time, but we will do it. And uh, you, you sh I hope to see you there. Well, I hope to be there. When you're, pre when, when you're preparing your music, I mean, obviously, when you recorded the original episode, it was not with an orchestra. So That's who, true, yeah. who is who is breaking it out for the various instruments? Um, um, well, that's a good question. We, I have a number of orchestrators actually working with me. Um, the original score was done for, like I said, brass quintet, and then there was a there was a I think there was I can't recall, but I think there was a, a string recording session as well. And when you hear the score that's on that episode, I mean it's an orchestral score, but it has to be re-rendered re for live players. We didn't use. A 50 or 70 piece orchestra to do that original score um, we pieced it together so um, I've got a, a great team of uh, orchestrators that are going to help me out well they already have one is named Henry Mitten Christopher Mayo is a, uh, another fellow and the reason I mention their names is because they're going to become instrumental in another process that we're doing in the new year that um, you know if you're fans of Murdoch or fans of um, film music we're going to try the same thing again in Toronto in the new year, in March of 2023, except the only difference is instead of using the same episode, we're using a brand new episode. 
oh. has never been seen before. So the CBC is going to collaborate with that on that, and to bring to bring it to an audience a brand new episode that will have not aired, and so it's going to be built from the ground up, with the intention of performing it live with an orchestra. Um, so it's a similar undertaking, just maybe um, something you don't want to do out of the gate. It's good to have. It's good to have tried it once with something that you're maybe familiar with, with the uh, the episode we're doing in Kitchener Waterloo, which is called Murdoch Ahoy. It's about okay. a, sink, a sinking ship. You know, it, it borrows a little bit from the Titanic storyline. <laughs> you don't want to give away the ending, but uh, there is yeah. there is a catastrophe on board. Well, yeah. six, 16 seasons of the show. What has changed for you the most in those sixteen years with your either with your process or uh, equipment or, or that sort of thing. Yeah, I think one, well, uh, lots of, lots of changes, lots of constants, obviously. One of the things that I found just in our industry in general is the schedule has changed. Um, and we all, we all have the technology to adapt and we've been successful at doing so. But one of my associates said to me the other day, you know, we used to do 13 episodes in 26 weeks or so. And now we do, 24 episodes in 27 weeks <laughs> so 28 <laughs> weeks like it's it's super tight we have we have a lot not a lot of wiggle room um I, and i can't really account for why that is possibly it's post-covid like things are compressed there's not there, you know we're getting back to, to uh sort of some normalcy in the film and tv world in terms of the shooting schedules but uh you know that that has been a challenge because i do try to create original music for each show i mean there's some library obviously we have like this huge catalog of stuff that i can call upon mm -hmm. but my job isn't to be a music editor it's to be a composer and so i try i try to treat each episode with a freshness um and so in thinking of you know approaching it that way you don't have a lot of runway when you got a week to write an episode <laughs> so that's one of the challenges that i found musically i think the show has I, I i'm trying to keep it fresh and so i have I have I've changed things around a lot. I'll you know I'll record a piano and I'll and I'll you know do certain techniques with the piano that maybe I didn't do before. Um, harmonically, I think I I've been getting a little more jazzy with the score, even though that's possibly um, not in keeping with the period. But I don't I don't mind. You know it's fun and this idea of the backbeat. You know this thing I was mentioning before. You know the theme of the show is this. Um, how does it go? Uh, so this is very much a, like a, this two four thing. So I, I've been using this on two and four these accents a lot, and then if if I start putting a ride symbol on that, you know, if I, if it's just just eighth notes. If you go like, if you see, you put like a just not a swung, not yeah. I don't want to swing it because that's kind of cheating. But just but just the sound of a symbol with a brush on it or a light ma mallet it's sort of reminiscent of of something that you might hear like from stan kenton band or something and i just love that stuff it's a little again it's a it's a cheat because anybody at the time would would not recognize that as being a fitting sound for 1910 mm -hmm. but it's you know it keeps it interesting and fresh for me put a baritone saxophone on that as well and then you've got a real funk I'll go rock or a real jazz band sound for right. sure. Now, has there ever been um, talk of a soundtrack release? There was talk of it. I mean, it's um, there are a few things on Spotify and Apple Music. There are two. Uh, th those are from a few seasons ago, and I think we did a Christmas episode. Yeah, I released the music for that. 
Um, but there is just, I just, I run out of time, Robert. I mean, I love <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, and maybe we'll do it again, um, you know, after season 16, if we get a bit of a break. Or, you know, I'm very curious to know how, how well these, these concerts will be received. This, you know, the Kitchener Symphony, like I said, it's a little unprecedented for a Canadian television show to get that kind of yeah. live orchestral theater treatment. And if it goes well, I mean, it's the kind of thing that Shaftesbury would love to do again and again and take it to different places and different markets uh, across the country. And based on the success of that, I think there could be some recording or some way of capturing the sound of the show, um, you know, on uh, in a soundtrack form. So I would love to do that for sure. Okay. You use, I mean, obviously your, your, your job is to write music, but do you use silence as a composing tool? Oh, all the time. That's the best thing. I like to use it in two ways. One is not scoring anything. But then I like to create silence around dialogue. So I just wrote a cue and it was a pretty simple cue. Uh, like it was just like one of the actors was surprised about something that was another actor told her. And she's like, what? And then the music would just go like this. And then there's dialogue. And then it might go. And there's more dialogue. The music has stopped effectively. It's just quiet. But the tempo is like this. And it could, like there's bars of rest. You know, and all that time, there's, there's something happening on, on screen. This is two bars of rest, right? Two, two, and then it can change again. And then all the dialogue is happening and the faces of the actors. So the music's going, but there's so much space in the score that it lets the actors breathe, it lets the scene breathe, and then it can slowly build. And I've created this this thing that's like descending, that's kind of creating an emotional like trajectory for the scene. It's gonna be kind of sad or going to a darker place. Right. But it's this, it, there's all this space that happens, you know, before, oh, otherwise you go. And they're, they're talking and it's great, but there's all this fill, it's like very, it's competing almost. Right? Well, I was just, just going to say it's competing, but at the same with, with the, the that three notes that you were doing, it's almost as if you're 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 musicalizing their thoughts. Yeah, you're sort of teasing it out of them. There's yeah, and then the cue will develop to a place where it gets to be maybe you know and you know a cue doesn't that doesn't mean every cue has to have all that space. A cue maybe needs to go. It's like, but it's, it could be a monologue or a um, a montage, or it could be there's something serious happening on screen that needs a little more energy and rhythm and motivation, then you're writing that kind of like you're writing something, something that's going to push us, propel, propel the scene. But sometimes if it's quiet and someone just died and there's somebody internalizing uh, or they're externalizing their, their thoughts, they need that space to let it happen. Yeah. So how would a score that you write today differ from one that you wrote at the beginning of your career? Well, I can write faster now. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've got a few tricks. My process is a, is largely the same. Um, I use the same, like from from a strictly technological standpoint, my my process hasn't really changed much. Um, using the same kind of software and the same techniques, I think I now approach scoring. I, I mean, I really as when I was younger, it was like um, you know I felt more pressure in some ways to try to do something. And now as you get older, um, I don't feel the pressure to try to, to do something unique or different. I feel the pressure rather to just honor 
the content and to really challenge myself to create something that's you know new for me so like when you're 30 you might go oh i need to make this to impress my friends you know you might do some some stuff you know, it's just the natural kind of inclination i think when you're younger is that you're more aware of what it sounds like from the public's perspective whereas when you get older you're more aware of what it sounds like from your own perspective that doesn't mean the music has changed that much i just think the approach to it is different and that as you know, i mature i become um i feel like this is what I have here is, is a privilege and a, and a real I'm very very fortunate to, to do what I do for a living and I think to myself I have to honor that by really trying to almost have a I don't want to use the word sacred approach to it but to have I have respect for the process and to really be deliberate in what I'm doing to really try to create something that's important to myself I think that maybe is you know obviously with in mind of the show I'm not trying to change the show at all and to try to serve the, the the pictures, but I also try to 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 make it interesting to myself, to challenge myself. So let's say, for example, I'm going to write for bass clarinet and piccolo on the next episode. Well, why not? Maybe those two instruments will complement each other with you know some kind of like uh, very. That's those are the registers like so that. So if that was, for example, what I wanted to do, that'd be kind of a fun thing to try. So. Um, now I have an idea for the next episode, Robert. Okay. Thanks to oh. you. <laughs> Do I get writing credit? For sure. Well, that's what we're coming out. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, with 16 seasons of, of, of Murdoch, you're going to be looking at... Uh, so, basically, I'm, I'm asking, what does the future hold for you? Well, uh, as a composer or for the show? A composer. Well, I mean, I, I just keep writing and writing. I mean, I'm working on a number of shows always. Uh, I'm lucky that, like you say, Murdoch's been going for so long. Uh, I am working on a few other television shows right now. Um, and, you know, this job, and I'm sure, I mean, you've spoken with so many wonderful film composers over, over your years of being a, a journalist and, and fan of film music that I'm sure you've heard it said before that every time I work on, or every time a composer works on a new show, it feels like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. There's a very, very much a sense of um, fear, <laughs> possibly, or uh, what's that imposter syndrome? If like, I don't think I can do this again, you know, that idea <laughs> that definitely plays into it. And it's, it's refreshing. I, I think the day that I feel like I know what I'm doing, like, like I'm super confident about it, will be the day when I have to really consider is it the right job? Because right now, it always feels like I'm taking risks and I feel like I'm not um, sure of myself. And I think that's those are important principles to have in a creative process because when it does get finished, there's a certain amount of gratification that comes from it. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't know what I'm doing all the time. <laughs> you do have a clear sense of vision, but you're never entirely certain how things will turn out. And, you know, I'll give you a quick example. I'm working on a TV series now that comes out in February. And there was a real process in trying to figure out the sound of that show and i kept the producers kept asking for something else and maybe something else and you know i almost gave up at some point i felt like i don't know what i'm doing and i finally found something that really worked for me and them and you know when you get to that place uh it can be very gratifying and you know it, it almost uh really recalibrates your approach to creativity 
Well, November 11th will be upon us very shortly, and I'm really looking forward to, hopefully I will be able to attend the show. So I really appreciate the uh, the time that you give me today. It's it's really appreciated. And Well, fantastic. Well, I'll make sure that even, you know, the soundtrack, well, let's make sure it happens, but in, in the short term, I'm just really grateful to fans. Really, it's really why the show has been so successful is because of the loyalty of fans around the world. Um, without fans, without viewers, uh, there's no reason for a broadcaster to continue to make something. And the fact that the fans have been so supportive of the show, even when, you know, there's been all kinds of wild storylines and there's been all kinds of recasting of, of players because actors have left the show. Um, there's a core of fans that really have stuck with it, are along for the ride, and it's it really speaks to the success of the show is just the loyalty of fans. So thank you to yourself and to, and to fans like Jason and to all the fans of Murdoch for keeping it on the air for so long and for continuing to support us. Well, like I said, I really appreciate the, uh, the time you've given me today and uh, continued success. Thank you, Robert.
with a little bit of music from the volume two of the Murdoch Mysteries. That is actually, you can find it on Apple Music if you look for it right now. In any case, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As this week we are are looking at the music of Murdoch Mysteries. As the Kitchener Waterloo Symphony Orchestra performs Robert Carley's score to Murdoch Mysteries in sync with the musically rich episode, this one called Murdoch Ahoy. It will be hosted by Detective William Murdoch himself, Yannick Bisson, uh, on November 11th at the Center in the Square for tickets. Call kwsymphony.ca. Well, that's uh, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. I'm also on Good Pods. You can find me there as well as finding me on Apple Music, the aforementioned Apple Music, by the way. So welcome back to Visions and Sound as this week we are looking at the music of Murdoch Mysteries. Now, I did mention in the interview that I was hoping to go. Well, now I am going to the to the uh to the concert. I'm really really looking forward to this. So I'm hoping that uh uh I'll give be able to give you a complete rundown next week um in the during the Godfather show. I'll take a few minutes out and talk about the the concert. I am like super super excited about this. And I'm really looking forward to it. Also, in town, uh, if you are in, if if you are listening in town, there will be a a Murdoch Mysteries, um, kind of a uh, kind of a uh, something at the museum, and that's going to be very interesting. I'll get some more information on that, and uh, I'll be able to give you a little bit more about that. But yeah, it seems to be Murdoch mystery all all around now. Um, it's 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 a really good show. The, I actually did see the episode that they are going to be um, be featuring, and like I said, it's called Murdoch Ahoy, and it's a um, like I said, I don't want to ruin it for you, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. However, during this particular uh, run of music, you're going to be hearing some of the cues from that particular uh, particular episode. So just be listening for kind of a, a nautical sound, we'll say. In any case. Uh, I'm going to continue on with a little bit more music from said uh, Murdoch Mysteries Volume 2, music by Robert Carley, and I will be back in a little bit.
And with a little bit of music from the television series Murdoch Mysteries, that's music by Robert Carley. Well, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will show up in a couple of hours' time. And uh, there's also a whole bunch of other shows that you can watch or listen to, rather, as well in all of this. So, yeah, I am hoping that, uh, like, I will give you a full rundown, well, maybe not a full rundown, but a, a pretty comprehensive rundown of the concert next week. I'm really, really looking forward to to this uh, this concert in the coming weeks, or in, uh, in, sorry, next week. What am I talking about, coming weeks? Also, speaking of the coming weeks, yes, we are into November already, and we're going to be hitting the end of the year, and of course, the end of the year lists and all of that. So what I'd like is for you, if you are interested, is to let me know what your favorite score of 2022 has been so far, or give me a list. If you want, uh, head over to visionsinsound at gmail.com and just send me a message that way. Or you can go on the website and just message me there. And I'd love to get a chance. I'd, I'd love to hear what everybody is talking about, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Natalie Holt's Obi-Wan, whether it is like Andor or whether it's like several, um, you know, it could be Halloween, Halloween ends for all we know. Who knows in that case? So like I said, 
um, interested in, in the, 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 the music I play, by all means, contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at, at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. And again, I mention this all the time. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on the website. And like I said, the actual, the actual show will be showing up on that website in, in, a, in a few hours' time. I also can be found on Good Pods as well as Apple Music as well. Well, getting close to the end of the program, and I'm hoping that you are enjoying the music as much as I am. Uh, this is Robert Carley's score to the to the the, the the TV series Murdoch Mysteries, and fantastic stuff. Like I said, uh, some really cool stuff. And, and like I said, I mentioned I mentioned this off air because I'm actually talking to a couple of a couple of friends of mine off offline. And um, I talked about the the idea of 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 him playing his piano during the interview, and that's one of to me that's really cool. I think that's really uh, a, a really neat addition to the to the interview process. I am, like I said, uh, just uh, really looking forward to the upcoming uh, shows that I've got. Um, but I won't let you know until, until closer to the end of the show. But yeah, like I said, sit back, enjoy, and, uh, have a little bit uh, more music from said Murdoch mysteries. And, uh, I'll be back in just a little bit to talk more and kind of wrap up the show at the same time. So here's some more music from Murdoch mysteries by Robert Carley.
as I've mentioned before, on June 1st, 2022, CBC announced the 16th season of Murdoch Mysteries, which will again have 24 episodes. Well, that's all for me this week. Thanks for hanging in, those that did. And now as we continue into 2022, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there that are that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the huge support of a team behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, at our kids help phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1844 here 247 and here247.ca all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me as we continue into November with the celebration of the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. And I'll end off this week's show with some more music from Murdoch Mysteries. I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound. <laughs>